0: You're listening to Let's Talk About Fatherlessness with host Sean Tice, where we talk about leading fatherless families to
1: the Heavenly Father.
0: Hey, my name is Sean Tice, and this is Let's Talk About Fatherlessness show. Excited to be able to talk to Devin Harris today from Full Circle Refuge Ministries. Hey, Devin, how you doing?
1: Hey, Sean. Doing well, man.
0: Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about your um, organization, about your story? Uh, we're just going to talk about firelessness. This is a, um, right. just a casual conversation about it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Thanks, Sean, for the, uh, the invite and the opportunity. Um, Full Circle Refuge uh, started uh, back in 1994, kind of. I'm retired military. Um, I was a new believer uh, back in the 90s. Got, uh, I was a foxhole decision in a Desert Storm. Uh, you know coming out of that and trying to see where god was leading and you know was uh normal i guess thinking of uh what's my christian life going to be like is this uh sitting in a pew listen to a message and going out to dinner and life would go well uh well I've, i i was stirred by that that it that's not good enough and you know and somebody uh, approached me at a church and uh, said, would you like to go to the juvenile facility, what we call here in uh, this area, youth development campuses. Um, it's like a prison for uh, kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, I was thinking in my mind, my past, uh, you know, the only thing that really saved me from being locked up, I think, uh, was going into the military at that time. So my my concept of jail was only what the media uh, shared with me at that moment in my life. So I was basically thinking I was going to go into this facility, you know, walk in to the cell and look at this young man, give him a gospel track and say, Jesus loves you. And I can walk on out. And I I felt pretty comfortable about that. And um, I was a soldier at that time, you know, leading other soldiers, you know, to can tell another soldier to jump from point A to B. And when I walked in there, Sean, I, I had fear factor kick in, you know, uh, yeah. I thought all these boys were going to be in these cells and I was going to, you know, that was it. But they were coming towards me to, to shake my hand and I go, no, no, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> this ain't cool. And we went into a room and this other guy started to do a Bible study. And I had all this fear going through me that these kids, uh, how much money I had in my pocket, you know, they got to rip me off. And he, all this negative stuff was flowing. And uh, you know, or I, I felt like they can see the fear in me. You know, I was a soldier at that time, and it's you know, it really weird. Even the guy asked me at the end, Devin, you, you got anything to share? Nah, man, I'm just, i ready to go. You know, and I even got <laughs> home to my wife, and I, I stated, I don't know what God is up to, but this is not my cup of tea. And, and uh, yeah. basically, what happened is, this guy kind of influenced me to go a second time, Sean. I don't know what he said to me, but I did go a second and a third time. And, and God showed me that here was kids that had been misdirected that needed direction. And all he wanted me to tell them was the way, the truth and the life. And the neat thing about that, that that time look in hindsight and how God is preparing people for ministry. is very powerful to me all the time that, you know, Every Monday night at that time, I would go meet with these guys in lock up and shine this, uh, take, uh, take this with a grant. You know what I'm saying? These guys taught me who God was because um, I was a new believer. And, yeah, I went to church every Sunday and everything and read my Bible. But whatever I had to share with these young men every week had to work. You know, mm-hmm. it had to work for their scenario, their world. And Yeah. Uh, they they taught me that that reality, the struggles they were going through that I never understood, you know. And then I stuck with this. And in 1999, I re- 99, I retired from the military prematurely turned out a promotion um, to do what we do today, Full Circle Refuge. And, uh, wow. I thought it was crazy, but I did it. And uh, well, myself and my wife, we created a nonprofit, Full Circle Refuge, in the uh, the focus of Full Circle Refuge is to see Jesus transform the lives of juvenile youth, juvenile offenders and at-risk youth, period. Um, in lockup, on the streets, gangs—whatever God leads us. And we've seen thousands and thousands of kids over the years, and um, really learn a lot about that culture, you know. And um, you know, in our season of life now, I'm a lot older. I started that in my late 30s, and uh, I'll be 62 this year, you know, and, uh, I kind of think about it sometimes, Sean. Am I still relevant? Um, you know, to the culture and, uh, God always, because uh, we have history with them or that, uh, mindset there's always an open door that God gives me something to say that uh, really identifies, resonates with them. And I'm, and God says, yeah, I, I'm not done with you yet. You know, I'm not done with yeah. yet. So that's in a nutshell, that's full circle refuge from the beginning to this moment in time, right at this time. So thank you.
0: That's great. And, and then we connected through social media. Um, yeah. I think 2000, probably 2018, something like that. And, yeah. and yeah. then you, you were awesome to let me come and speak at some of the uh, youth attention centers. And then also the, uh, the one, uh, school that you're at. Yes. And I, and you're, as you're talking sharing about how you felt about it. That's the way I felt going in. I'm like, man, am I going to get Yeah, that's right. I, there's something about there's something about that that door closing behind you, the door closing behind you. I remember hearing yeah. those that noise. I'm like, this is scary and <laughs> That's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, that was that was an incredible experience. Now and that you've done this for um you said 96 was the first time you went. 94. Yeah, 94. So. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, we're looking at almost 30 years. Almost 30 yes. years you've been doing it. So 28 yeah. years. What have you seen? You're obviously dealing with tons of fatherless individuals. Is there any statistics that you've seen? And then also just personally what you've seen in the issue of fatherlessness with this.
1: Yeah. You know, that's one of the questions I always ask in a group. And uh, you know, and it's it is majority. Every it it you know, it, it could be 10 boys sitting there or girls. Or or a hundred is majority, and they always look around at each other, and they didn't realize that they were in the same mix. Um, you know, then you go to the point: uh, Do you have a relationship with your father? And you might get that negative one that I don't want to see that man. You know, uh, you know, or um, I don't know where he's at, or you can see the body language change in the group uh, very rapidly, and. One, the reason why I asked the question is because I'm walking into their world as a man and, uh, you know, want to befriend them. So they listen to me because they've been already uh, canceled out, hurt by a uh, an adult male, you know, or pre- pre- preconceived ideas of what that man was, you know, and or they've been told by their mother what that man was and that they are just like them or whatever it may be. And they're trying to navigate their, their own journey in life. And uh, so trying to get past that wall all the time, but in lockup in in juvenile facilities, it's, it's, uh, it's right in that, that 90% um, everywhere we go, you know, Um, and we know we have to approach that every time, you know, when I walk in, especially as me, as a man walking in there.
0: Yeah. And, and so what do you, what do you say to them? Like, how do you, as they're doing, as they're dealing with fatherlessness, what do you say to them
1: about yeah, well, the issue
0: of like that God being their father or it might be.
1: Yeah. First of all, I, one of the things we do in one of our sessions with our, uh, what we call corridor kids, and these are not lockup. up. Um, whatever your father's, done it's not your fault yeah uh, exactly you know? and yeah. then we're going to talk about you know how if you were a father today or when you you know when you get married and you have kids how are you going to treat your kids Will you treat them the same way or what do you want you know so give them hope that they don't have to be the same as people are already said that and I, I i do hear that a lot that uh, you just like your daddy you know yeah. kind of concept and so, uh, you know, kids start acting that out, whatever that, that mentality is, you know, try to get them past that. Even presenting the gospel, and, and we probably talked about this before, how you approach that about uh, God the Father, you know, and really turn them off, you know, because uh, if he's like my father, I don't want no part of him, you know, and getting past that, uh, it's bigger than that so it depends, but you know the the conversation is trying to get me past them, past that mentality of um I'm here, not just I'm not like their father exactly.
0: and that and that's the thing I speaking when you're now you're speaking about that, I had a professor that knew some of my story when I was in college, and I wanted to move out of the dorms. i was I hated living in the college dorms. We went to a strict college, and it just wasn't. It wasn't fun. You know what I mean? (laughs) The dorms. So I wanted to move out. So I went into this apartment. And when I went to the apartment, this um, professor told me, because I moved out of the dorms, that I was going to turn out like my dad. And I'm like, why would you ever say that to me? My dad was an alcoholic. Um, He was yes. heavily involved in the adult film industry. He was abusive to my mom. He made me thoughtless. And I'm studying in a Bible college. And the guy's like, you're going to turn out like your dad. Like it was one of the worst right. things he could ever say to me. Yeah. I, I had bitterness towards that guy for a long time. I finally went to him later and apologized. But I couldn't imagine somebody that hadn't had the mentors that I had, hadn't had the people in my life that I had. I was blessed. It was, I'm not bragging myself, but I was blessed to have those people. How they would have handled somebody saying that to them, like you're saying.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that's you know, uh, dealing with this culture, and especially in lockup, um, you know, one of the things that it's designed, especially if you come in religious services or Christian service or Bible study, one of the things I found out that uh, a lot of kids um, they're looking for hope. And so they've heard of maybe Jesus or things like that. And somebody's walking in, it's like Superman walking in, you know, in a sense that. Everything can be solved, um, you know, and they they levitate to you, um, you know, and it can be kind of a, a reversible effect on the person coming in. You know, wow, man, I can go in it. That's why I'm going to be loved, so we have to be careful with that yeah. scenario too. Um, but we try to befriend them, you know, to get past what we're trying to present, the, because I, I always tell all my boys, um, you might think I'm all this and all that, but I'll fail you because I'm not, I'm a man. I'll fail you, uh, but God yeah. can never fail you. And uh, trying to get them past that, so it's not a dependence on it. Because I will probably disappoint them too, you know, in some form or fashion, not intentionally, but uh, because we're just limited.
0: And that that's exactly it. And and it is hard being a mentor. It is hard being somebody. Um I remember being a teenager seeing some of my mentors and I held them to a high standard and when they would do something mm-hmm. I would look at them and be like you're a horrible person <laughs> so you know that is, that is a that is very challenging it's it's difficult yeah. to to deal with so how do you what do you see with some of the teenagers that you work with in the issue of fatherlessness what do you see with them how they you know how they're navigating in their own life. Is there anything else do you see,
1: trends and things like that? Yeah, one of the things. Uh, is first of all, it's it's, it's almost tying in what we just discussed about failure. Um, on the other side of the coin is their failure, and uh, let's say we set a set of goals or expectations, and and they fail. Um, I've heard from young men say, I, "Well." Uh, Mr. Devon, I guess you don't want to meet with me no, no more because I failed. Uh, no, we just reset the goal. Um, you know, we reset the goal. Uh, another thing that I see, and myself, and my wife were just discussing this the other day. It's crazy when you 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 ask kids uh, that have been through a lot of disappointment and disconnections, uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you'd be surprised what I, I get. You would think they would want to be, you know, a rapper, whatever, you know, all this stuff. I'm going to do all this. We do hear them, but majority kids, it really throws me out, I want to be a counselor. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, w- I want to help kids like, like me, you know, I want to be a counselor. Cool. Because, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a you know, a, a focus of uh, navigating our own trauma by helping somebody else. Um yeah. they see that they get that they, they see their own counselors or mentors that are doing great things or kids that say, I want to be a mentor, you know? You know, so it's pretty amazing that they have hope that things can change if they can do the right things. It's like you're looking at you've heard the story about alcoholic parents alcohol parents and you're seeing a child or a teenager or a young adult coming up and says I I refuse to even have a drink because I've seen that. But that's not everybody. We know the other side of the story that we see that there's a sensitivity that if your family, your mother or father was an alcoholic, most likely you would come. But there's another piece that a lot of people have seen the the atrocity of it, the, the pain of it, and they refuse to be part of it at all. You know. So, but uh, it's very unique to see you know conversations mm-hmm. that we have with kids. You know, it's all over the place
0: yeah any any advice for people that are working with fatherless individuals just starting into it or wanting to get into you know just working with fatherlessness really is what we're talking yeah. about but anybody yeah. like people that want to get into working with kids like this any books resources yeah. that have helped you to help understand the the ones you're working yeah. with
1: yeah well, one of the things is uh, you have to um get rid of what you think worked in your past. Uh, I always use That's the same good. concept. We did it this way. Why can't you? I, I, I get tired of that one from folks in church. They say, why can't they get it right? We were right, or they'll give some preconceived idea about uh, they walked up the hill in the snow or around and whatever, you know, all <laughs> the concept. But it's a different yeah. world. So we have to get rid of that. And here, I, I, again, coming into that world as a soldier. You better do what I have to say. You know, I have to get rid of a lot of things because some of these kids will get under your skin. And, yeah. um, and then I always look at the, the guys I work with. It's not where they're at. Not at this point. It's, it's not what they're dealing with. Or even if they cuss you out, look at you funny or whatever, or laugh at something, it's where God can take them to. And he's just giving you the opportunity to be part of it, you know. And uh, you know, Sean, I I have young men in our lives, we've been they've been in our lives since they were uh adolescents, uh, teenagers, and they're grown men. I even have guys that are still we're conversations with they're in their 40s now, you know, uh, that we met when they were young. Um yeah. so you know, we we we're here for the long haul. And when you're mentoring or you're dealing with fatherless, um you have to make a commitment to say you might have to be there for the long haul uh, for uh, a young person. Um, you know, just, you know, I, I'm, I'm really amazed at times. Of just the inkling thing that I've said to him and stuck with them for the rest of their life has held them on, you know, even into their adult life. You know, um, resources, you know, one of the things that I, Always look at. I uh, try to understand the pulse of the culture. You now, uh, I'll be real. Uh, if there's a new fashion flare, a flavor, I ask the kids, "Hey, man, explain it to me, explain the lingo, the slang, whatever." Okay. Yeah. No, but but also understanding what's happening around the world and how things. You know, I, I did a, a several interviews last year about a spike in gang activity in our area, and the question was, yeah, we we had over fifty. Uh, teenagers die uh, from gang violence within a frame time frame from April of 2022, 2022 all the way to September. And, wow! Uh, um, they were trying to figure. Yeah, it was it was it was a real spike for our area. And uh, the news uh, journalists asked me, "Do you think COVID has anything to do with that?" You know, pre COVID coming in. And I said, "Well, the the inconsistency with our education." You know, in and out of school, in and out of school, lockdown, lockdown. or parents trying to navigate things, and uh, it's a very impressive time of their lives. And if they don't have um, that, it's it's such a critical time that adolescence of uh, getting affirmations, re- reaffirming that I'm a man or I'm a woman at this time. And you don't have these net avenues in your life, and somebody on the streets tell you. I'm going to show you what a man is or, or in a, a very negative way, showing what a real woman is. You're going to have this, these results. And we did, we had these results and uh, it was very devastating. And politically folks were trying to answer and it wasn't coming out really well, but biblically we can answer it. And you have to be in with the law, long haul, um, you know, and come alongside these kids and, um, even in their struggles of things that just rub you wrong, you know? yeah. So um, I don't know if that answers everything you asked for. You
0: know? No, no, it does because I, I have more to add to that. Like, you know, for example, you said the continuing relationship, and you know, James one twenty seven says, "Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this: that's right to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction to keep himself spot from the world." You know that verse says to visit, um, and I, I, you know, we've yeah. preached about this all over the country to visit means to look upon in order to help or to benefit. It's not a one-time thing. And so what
1: you're doing is you're
0: visiting them. You're visiting them. Now do you, is it weekly or monthly or how often do you guys go in? Yeah.
1: Well, we, we, some of our facilities, it's monthly, some of it's weekly. And then um, we have, uh, we have a contract with the juvenile courts that it's a court order to one of our programs. They're not locked up, but that is the alternate. Um Oh wow! Uh, then getting locked up. If they can the ten week sessions, Um and it's it's, it's live? basically we celebrate it. You say that again.
0: Are they live again, or is Sean? it video? Is it video or live? The the sessions.
1: No, it's live. We 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 have oh, wow. ten boys, ten to fifteen boys, and they come in there with all their preconceived. The same thing I just shared earlier. You ain't you old man. You don't know what I, you know. I know what's going on in life and we break them down to a uh, focus, uh, wow. what real manhood is. And, uh, you know, we have, we, you know, we celebrated it in John with what we call at a fine restaurant. We, 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 we go to a fine restaurant where they're going to be served and we call a rites of passage to manhood. Yeah. Um, and we celebrate all their successes. Um, you know, cause, You know, they tell me their stories. They're going back to their home, you know, and just the the trauma going on in the house. You know, it's like, whoa. And it, it, from their perspective, it seems like it's a norm. No, you know, I I had a 12 year old. I won't go into details about names, but I was asking, you know, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Some of the other boy blotted up. Oh, he, 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 he jacks up cars for the gang. And I came to him. He's 12 years old. I looked at him. I said, hmm, you know how to drive a car? I didn't say, that's wrong. You're jacking up cars. I said, you know how to drive a car? Yeah, man, I drive pretty good. Okay. And uh, I said, you ever been locked up? Yeah. I I got locked up one night over at the temporary facility. He said, but Mr. Devin, they had some awesome Chinese food. And I thought about it. I said, huh. So that was your highlight of being locked up. That was awesome <laughs> Chinese food. He uh, said, yeah. Wow. So I'll tell you what. When we finish this, this is 10 weeks, me and you are going to go break bread together, to find Chinese restaurant. And uh, we're going to dialogue. That's and cool. What happened at that instant? I could have said carjacking is wrong. Car theft is wrong. Grand Theft Auto was this. Gave them all the history. But no, I just redirected it. And he became one of our best students in the class that interacted all the time and wanted to express his opinion. Um, so just breaking that ice, just look for them opportunities, you know, um, and it can go a long ways with a child. It can go a long ways. And I think this is where parenting misses the point sometimes, you know, and we have kids that are walking around Out there, like that, they might even have a father in the home, but are they parenting correctly? You know, where you're really investing into your child uh, for 18 years and celebrating their wins. Because I have kids tell me, my mama got mad because I got two Fs. I said, "Did you get any As?" so said, "Yeah," but she didn't talk about that. Well, that's that's a. We need to talk about the As in their life too. But you know, pull up your Fs. You know, and uh, so we see a lot of that that dynamics psychologically happen, and that's really uh, challenging kids. And I'll finish with this, Sean. I a lot of people think a lot of kids are walking into crime that do not have a father at home, but there's that absentee father, you know, that's in the home. That absentee yes. father is really challenging at times too. That has never. And I, I just amaze at times. I I've, I've seen this. A kid will make the news, and it's 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 high profile gang activity. And and I get a call from the parents, and the father is there talking to me. I go, what? Or they they have been the church. They're church folks. Well, they missed the boat of what true parenting is. You know, we need to step back from maybe what we think church is. You know, and step back from a hard work of life Um, and now we we we've been exposed now you got to deal with this kid and he's probably going to go to prison and you got to deal with the dynamics of that so really uh prayerfully walking through life of parenting in this just a disclaimer john and you know this Uh, myself my wife been married 40 plus years and god never blessed us with biological kids Um, but we had many kids. I'm um, staying at home and we've taken custody of the kids. Um, side note about that, about parenting. What do you know? type thing? <laughs> so that's where I got my parenting from. There you go, Sean. Mm.
0: No, that's good. That's good. And I appreciate you sharing that. Um, as we kind of wrap up, yes, uh, I wanted to ask you, yeah. you know, I, there's a statistic that I share. I've shared, oh, it feels like a million times, but obviously it wasn't that much, but it's 85% of uh, youth in prisons grew up in fatherless homes. That's an old statistic. Um, can you speak to that? You're uh, you're 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 working with the youth in prisons, youth detention centers. What are your thoughts on that statistic? And is it growing? Is it has it? What are your thoughts on that?
1: I think it's. Uh, it, I think the statistics is is right on par. I used to say ninety percent. I don't know, right around there. But as I gave you that that unofficial uh, survey of everywhere we go, uh, it is. It is there. Um, so that, that that shows you something. If somebody can come alongside, just like our juvenile court program, or come alongside before they get uh, caught up in the, the penal system, all right? we can deter crime, You crime. Know? We can offset that. Even when I go into adult maximum security prison, it's the same MO, the same message I hear um, from adult men are lifers, the same message. So, in my walk, I, I if I can do my best, uh, I've come alongside a child, you know, to deter them, to give them hope. You know, um, I, I look at it from a, 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 a practical point of view as a law abiding citizen, taxpayer, um, we might can save some money, you know, because uh, it costs a lot. Yeah. In the state of Georgia, it costs $90,000 a year, wow. to house one child in yeah. lockdown. Most of the kids I'm dealing with are doing three to five years. So that's just from a practical point what we can do in society. And there was many of us, you know, and I'm thinking, you know, flying <laughs> the sky, but many of us, what can we do for society? You know, and God, God has given us the tools. We just need to operate in them. That's
0: true. That's true. And and it and like you said, I, I honestly think it has a lot to do with the um, the the issue too. It's fatherlessness, obviously. It's this lack of a dad. But after, I was a youth pastor for uh, about six yeah. years in Florida, and then also I was a youth volunteer youth director in Pennsylvania. It was one of the hardest group of kids that I worked with. Not just the fatherless kids, obviously. That's challenging. It's hard to minister. Um, you do your best with them, but I think they they're op- more open than even kids that have a dad in their house yes. that their, their dad is a hypocrite or he doesn't want anything to do with them or he's anti-religious. Um, those are the ones that are really hard. If They're anti-Christian or whatever. They're the ones that are really hard to work with because they have that rejection in their own house. Yeah. That's what you were speaking That's about right. earlier. That's exactly. So I completely agree with you about that.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, definitely. So as we wrap up, is there anything else that you would like to share about the issue of fraudlessness, Um, to just, is there anything else that comes to your mind? You're like, hey, I should have shared this or anything else that we're just, just talking about fodlessness I mean, is there anything else that you want to bring up?
1: Sean, yeah, you know, if you feel called, you know, or you're just, you're just, you're at a frustration of what you see on the nightly news about youth. Do something about it. Evie can could do. A fatherless ministry, come alongside kids um, or you know, look for a typical prison ministry. And I don't like to use that corn word because uh, people get a different flavor of what that is. Um, pray that God can lead you and be used. Uh, the key to this, I've, I watched a, a missional. It was a missionary pastor at our church, and I asked you, why do you do this? You have kids at home. Why do you come and speak to these boys? Because, well, if I can speak to these boys, okay, they will leave my boys alone in a sense. Or in another sense, they, I can teach my boys about their life, you know, or my boys have it already and these boys do not, you know. If yeah. my boys are doing yeah. fine, can't other boys do fine too? I'm um, so... It doesn't say, well, Devin and them don't have kids or he's retired or whatever. You know, everybody can be part of the solution. And, you know, it can. Uh, you know, politically, our system will always answer the problem with uh, fatherless, at risk, gangs. And that the only solution that they have is lock up, is locking kids up. But that is not I know I believe in you do the crime, pay you do the time, okay? yeah, I understand that, but we can offset some of this if we're being proactive, you know, and um, I have the history now, Sean, you know, that. I have the history of it. I've seen it works. Um, it does. It works. So step out. The churches all over the United States can uh, start something like what you're doing I, I I'm always keeping up with you and excited to see you uh, the, the, the ventures that you have and speak life in the churches to speak about this subject you know and uh, wake up folks and yeah do what and we're in, the tr-
0: we're in the trenches together and I appreciate what you sir. do I appreciate yeah. how you're, you're you're working and I, I it was amazing to get to see what you did I, 2019 I think we were out there um and it's just, yeah. I appreciate it. I'm thankful that that you're doing what you do. I was at Augusta, Georgia. Now you're in South Carolina. You're pretty close to. The yes, sir. Yeah. Just excited about how you're. Thank you for serving. Thank you for reaching these kids. And 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 we all can do a part. And I, that's what I yes, really sir. want to bring to light with this with this podcast with this show is challenging people hey get involved or get more involved or here's some ways you can do better or hey let's just help you understand there's other people out there doing work like this we could just let's, let's band Sorry. together you know we're in the trenches together so thank yeah. you devin for sharing thank you for thank you, brother uh, being doing what you do so
1: it's i appreciate tough. it thank you blessings yeah. on your ministry man thank you god bless you too thank you
0: to learn more about how you can get involved in fatherless family ministry, visit lifefactors.org where you can find some free resources. You can find our books that we have. You can find some, even the program that we have, to help you start a single mom ministry within your ministry or within your church. We can all work together to lead fatherless families to the Heavenly Father.